Hi, and welcome. This is Platinum Training Technologies, or your Platinum Community Podcast. Hey, and if you're watching this on YouTube, this is our vidcast. Hey, look, the last uh, podcast, I had a lot of comments on that one. So uh, I'm doing a part two. Uh, so the last one was a turnover tsunami coming. Is your business prepared? And basically eight reasons to implement a training onboarding program today. So I'm doing a part two. And what prompted me to do a part two is this. Saw a couple of articles uh, over the past week. Uh, changes in non-compete agreements are coming. Okay. So if you are the 45 plus crowd, you need to pay attention to this because most of us who are in that crowd, we have been in the same industry for many, many years. And I think non-competes potentially or probably has kept us from doing other things, maybe even starting our own business. With that, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this would be a good podcast to really dive into. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to do these podcasts uh, on a frequent basis, usually once or twice a month, but on our social media sites, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, et cetera, I'm going to keep you apprised of everything that's going on, especially if you're that 45 plus crowd. You guys need to know what's going on and how this can affect you. So this could open up some opportunities. I'm going to also address it kind of on the, from the business standpoint, too, again, because Platinum Training Technologies, we were founded for two reasons. One, to help the small to medium-sized business uh, implement and, and roll out a training program and an onboarding program to their employees. It's very, very important. The second is to help the 45-plus crowd stay competitive in this new reality. Okay, so that's why Platinum Training Technologies was founded. Again, that's PlatinumTrainingTechnologies.com. So go to our website, check us out. So with that, we're gonna we're gonna dive in. I mean, here's the headline. Uh, this is Dateline, July 9th, 2021. This is a, an article by Mike Hoffman from Fortune Magazine, and here's the headline: Why Biden's new non-compete policy could amplify the Great Resignation. Wow, that's hit you between the eyes. And what is the great resignation? I'm going to talk to you about that in a minute. So the article goes on to say the White House estimates that between 36 million and 60 million workers are currently party to a non-compete in industries ranging from tech and finance to fast food. In a move intended to let workers jump from job to job more easily, the Biden administration plans to place greater limits on the enforceability of employee non-compete agreements. The article goes on to say, in an executive order signed today, that was July 9th, President Biden will direct the Federal Trade Commission to adopt new rules banning or limiting non-competes as part of a package of 72 measures, several of which will seek to spur labor market dynamism at a time when companies report a record high 9.2 million vacant job openings. Wow. Okay, let that soak in for a second. Now, the article kind of goes on for a few more points here. I know this is long, but I think this is really important. Again, I'm, I'm watching this for you, so you don't have to do it, but bear with me. I'm going to get you up to date on this. Non-competes are typically executed at a time when an employee is hired, compelling them to promise they will not seek employment or start a competitive firm or business for a period of time after they leave their current position. Now, critics say that these restrictive covenants are generally less effective at protecting an employer's intellectual property and instead have the effect of reducing employee mobility, therefore stifling competition for top-notch talent and curtailing wage growth. Now, here's a quote from Mark Lemley. He's a professor at Stanford Law School who specializes in technology innovation and is a critic of non-competes. 
He says, non-competes benefit old failing companies that are afraid of losing employees and hurt young, vibrant companies that want to hire employees. States like California that already ban non-competes have seen a large increase in innovation because employees with a good idea are free to start a new company. The economic evidence is overwhelming that non-competes interfere with innovation. Originally intended, now this is the rest of the article, this is not uh, the quote, but he's, uh, the article goes on to say, originally intended to provide companies with a way to protect scientific or technical trade secrets, non-competes and other restrictive covenants, such as non-solicitation agreements. Basically, that means you can't uh, call on other other customers or call on their customers if you leave. And some of that also translate you can't hire current employees, you can't poach if you move to a new company. So these covenants have become ubiquitous in corporate America. A 2019 survey of employers published by the Economic Policy Institute found that nearly half of the respondents said that some of their employees were covered by non-compete. And 30% of the respondents said that all of their employees were subject to such a provision. In fact, Sheet announcing new measures, the White House estimates that between 36 million and 60 million workers are currently party or part of a non-compete agreement. So the Biden administration's worker-friendly tack could accelerate the trend known as the Great Resignation. Now that's kind of I'll, I'll say that's also the turnover tsunami that that we mentioned in our podcast, which is episode number nine. So check that one out in which workers are emerging from the COVID-19 pandemic ready to mix it up career-wise. Nearly 4 million people quit their jobs in April of 2021, the latest month for which voluntary resignation data is available. The retail industry alone saw 649,000 workers quit, the largest monthly total since the Labor Department began tracking that information 20 years ago. Now, let's let's park on that for just a second. So so a non-compete, I've been subject to non-competes, I've been witness to lawsuits uh, involving non-competes. So I'm not an attorney. I'm not a legal expert. So I'm just going to kind of give you some, some food for thought. Now, let's, let's look at the individual, first of all. If you're an individual and you're subject to a non-compete, that means somewhere you've signed something, or maybe, maybe you're not even aware of it, because a lot of it in, in new hire paperwork, it's buried in there. But more likely, you know, if you're in sales or, or some sort of technical role, you probably have a non-compete. You may not be aware of it. But again, if you are working at a company, you're thinking about leaving. There's a couple of things that you don't want to do. First of all, you don't want to pillage the company's database of technical information, customer lists, you know, et cetera. I mean, that's unethical, immoral. It's illegal anyway. So my, my advice to you is this. If you're going to challenge or if you're not sure if you have a non-compete, and you're going to leave your company, there's a couple of things you don't want to do. One, you make sure you keep your personal business on your personal computer and any work is on the work computer. Don't mix the two up. Secondly, don't blind carbon copy or carbon copy your personal email on company emails unless it's something maybe related to, uh, you know, some uh, discrimination or some, you know, age ageism or some sort of a, a employee or employment issue that you may need some protection in the future. Again, that's protecting yourself, but, but that's a little different. Um, that's a little different story. In fact, I got a, a podcast on ageism. Uh, check that out on our YouTube channel or on our podcast uh, channel as well. Um, it's, I don't know, it's episode four or five, I don't recall, but check that out too. That's some good information. But what this is talking about is literally going into a company server and downloading or even printing proprietary information. So, so think of it this way. If you're an individual, 
and you wrote a song or wrote a book, that is your intellectual property. The same way for a business, if they have a unique or proprietary design um, or a process, that is their intellectual property. So you shouldn't be stealing it, right? Because you wouldn't want someone to steal your book or your song or your poem or, or, or your invention that you came up with. So respect that. So if you're an employee, do not pilfer company information. Do not print out customer lists because guess what? They know it. They, you know, through computer records and all that. Again, I'm not an IT expert, but they know if you've downloaded or accessed servers. Okay, they're they're gonna they're gonna find out. So make sure you're clean on that because that's to me that's an easier break. Uh, say, hey, I don't have any of your information. I mean, don't even take home literature or you know print out anything and bring it home. Just keep the work stuff at work. Now, and I know that's a little bit harder with the pandemic because you're working in an office, uh, but it, it, that still can apply. Now, now let's look at the business side. You know, so if you if you're a, if you're a business, you you know you, most businesses do have some form of non compete, and again, I understand that. Again, you're trying to protect your intellectual property, but I think here here's the here's the rub. Um, if you are say have been in a particular industry or you have a particular trade or skill, and, and that's all you've done, I can see where the non compete can it, it can be kind of tough, for, especially for the employee. I, I was in a, a, a work with a company that we had a we, we were in the uh, building materials. I'll just keep it generic. We we the, the company I worked for bought a company similar. It was actually a competitor, a small competitor in the industry. The principal of that who ran it, it didn't work out uh, after after about a year, year and a half. He left and he started a new business, the same kind of business. Well, the the you know the, the parent company sued him. And he's, you know, basically his defense was, hey, I've only I've been in this industry all my life. I don't know anything else. So the ruling was uh, either settle it out of court or uh, they told the parent company, hey, you're going to have to pay this guy to sit home for for the term of the non-compete, which I think was two years, which that seemed like a really long time. But that that was common, especially, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. But that that particular ruling, that was a precedence, in my opinion, that said, hey, look, you can't you know, restrict someone if that's all the all they've ever done. You know, let's say you're 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 a blacksmith or you're an electrician. You know, if you're if you work for an electrical contractor, you know, again, I'm not talking about, you know, if you're through a apprentice program and, and owe them money or something like that. But if if you are an electrician work for or, or HVAC company, they I think that's just really hard for them to say, hey, you know, that's all you know. Or, or if you're an auto mechanic, you know, you're going to you're at a Chevy dealership and you need to go to a Ford dealership. So I think that's kind of the spirit of this, in my opinion. But, hey, it doesn't really matter what my opinion is. It's going to happen. So I think what you're going to see uh, and I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I don't, I don't know if it's going to actually be regulations or if this is going to be a law or if this will be challenged or go up to the Supreme Court. But the fact that it was an executive order probably means that people will start challenging non-competes. So therefore, if you are a business owner, okay, you need to pay attention to this. You could be losing people. So uh, I don't think there's a lot you're going to be able to do about it. I don't think it's going to be worth, uh, you know, all the uh, legal expense to try to, to restrict an employee. I mean, unless you have really some crazy you know, technology or patent. And again, I think that could be, that still could be worked out with the employee, but I think non-competes are going to go away. You know, you may have, you know, something where, you know, it's like NDAs, like, Hey, I promise never to talk about this. And if they find out that you do, you know, that's another conversation. Non-competes are going away. So if you are a business, the question is what do I do to keep people from leaving. Okay. I mean, really that's the question. It's, 
and again, I'm going to I'm going to continue with with another article and, and some more information. But again, the crux of the, of the conversation is: if you are a business owner, small to medium sized business owner, you are experiencing, and if you haven't, you will a turnover tsunami. People are going to be leaving this legislation, this executive order, and whatever happens downstream. This is going to exacerbate that. Now, supporting that is an article by Andrea Sue. Uh, from NPR. It was Dateline June 24, 2021. Here's the headline. As pandemic recedes, millions of workers are saying, I quit. As that, Again, I'm going to continue with, with the article here. As the, as the pandemic life recedes in the U.S., people are leaving their jobs in search of more money, more flexibility, and more happiness. Many are rethinking what work means to them, how they're valued, how they spend their time. It's a leading to a dramatic increase in resignations a record 4 million people quit their jobs in April alone, according to the Labor Department. In normal times, people quitting jobs in large numbers singles a healthy economy with plentiful jobs, but these are not normal times. The pandemic led to the worst U.S. recession in history, and millions of people are still out of jobs. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, yet, employees are now complaining about acute labor shortages. Uh, and let me go back. Yeah, I said to me, I, I, you know, in 2008, I lost my job. I think 2008 was worse, but that maybe that's just me. Here's a quote from Daniel Zoe, who's a labor economist with the job site Glassdoor. We haven't seen anything quite like the situation we have today. The pandemic has given people all kinds of reasons to change directions. Some people, particularly those who don't work in low-wage restaurant jobs, are leaving it for better pay. Others may have worked in jobs they weren't a good fit, but we're waiting out the pandemic before they quit. And some workers are leaving positions because they fear returning to an unsafe workplace. And I'll add to the article, I think, um, you know, people are, you know, leaving maybe to start businesses. And by the way, I do have a podcast on That's our podcast number two. Um, you know, if you are thinking about starting a business, I've um, got some, some tips for you, many tips. Okay. So continue with, with that article. Remote work has changed hearts and minds. The great migration, as they're calling it, again, I'm calling it the turnover tsunami, to remote work in the pandemic has also had a profound impact on how people think about when and where they want to work. And this is a quote from um, uh, Cedal Neal, who's a professor at Harvard Business School and author of the book, Remote Work Revolution, Succeeding from Anywhere. We have changed. Work has changed. The way we think about time and space has changed. Workers now crave the flexibility given to them in the pandemic, which had previously been unattainable, the author says. Okay, Alyssa Casey, a researcher for the federal government, had often thought about leaving Washington, D.C. for her home in Illinois to be close to her parents and siblings, but she liked her job and her life in the city, going to concerts, restaurants, you know, etc., with all that on hold last year, she and her husband rented a house in Illinois just before the holidays and formed a pandemic bubble, I haven't heard that before, uh, with their extended family for the long pandemic winter. Wow, it sounds like a you know, nuclear winter or something. Uh, but hey, I get it. I understand. It. Uh, it has renewed her desire to make family a priority. She and her husband are now sure they want to stay in Illinois, even though she may have to quit her job, which she's been doing remotely. I think the pandemic just allowed for time, she says just have more time to think about what you really want. Wow. Again, this is part two of the turnover tsunami. Uh, some more reasons business owners, you know, you guys need to start paying attention. Hey, and platinum training technologies can help you. Okay. I'll tell you about more of that in a minute. So again, here's the why people are, you know, why are people leaving? Why are people doing something different? They're burned out. Uh, life is too short to be unhappy. That's kind of what the, uh, you know, the article uh, said, the Great Resignation article, the example of the couple moving to Illinois. They're looking for new challenges or adventures. They're bored. 
They feel less connected to a company, team, or in culture. Basically, they're not engaged. So if you are a business, and especially during this pandemic, you have not treated your employees well, um, you have not navigated it very well, um, you are at high risk for um, the turnover tsunami. So what are things you can do? I'm going to give you eight things. So number one, employees want more training, okay? Um, and again, I'm not going to go through all these statistics. That's in the last podcast, uh, podcast number nine. So you could go back and play that. I'll, I'll go through all these statistics. But basically what it's saying that companies typically aren't providing training, especially if you're a small to medium-sized business. And, you know, again, it's not that you don't want to. It's just you don't have the time. You know, you're overwhelmed. Um, you've got a lot of stuff going on. You just don't have the time. We can help you with that, okay? We can provide access to our training library of over 3,000 videos. We can create custom learning tracks for your team, depending on their skill set or their skill gaps. So that is something we can do. It's low cost, okay? It's on a subscription basis. It's an annual fee per person or per seat. And um, it's, it's really neat. Okay. So yeah, go to our website, platinumtrainingtechnologies.com. There's a lot more information on that, but we'd love to talk to you about that. So number one, employees want more training. And number two, optimize performance and productivity. Okay. Helps with burnout. So training improves their skills and knowledge, and it gives them more confidence. Okay. It makes them work more efficiently and more effectively. Again, a lot more statistics here. So companies that invest the most in workplace training and learning yielded higher net sales per employee. Okay, it's fact. Check it out if you don't believe me. Number three, better adoption and understanding of company core values. And I'm going to also add culture to that. In other words, you feel connected. Culture is everything. If your culture is failing or dysfunctional, we can help you with that. You've got to get your culture fixed. Okay, that makes people want to stay that helps people feel connected. Again, you don't have to worry about the non-competes because they're not going to go anywhere. Okay. Got it. Good. Okay. Number four, increased employee retention. Okay. There is a correlation between a training program and retention. And this, this is one, again, there's a lot more statistics. Again, check that other podcast out, episode number nine, but here's one that I just really stuck out to me. One study of a hospitality company found that overall turnover was reduced from 90% before training to about 57% afterwards. You know, God, I mean, that's, I mean, that's about a 30% drop in turnover. And again, this is part-time hotel workers, all right? So it found a significant increase in employee satisfaction as well. So again, this helps with retention. Training helps with turnover, okay? And it also helps with attracting new employees. Uh, number five, increased employee engagement and morale. According to Gallup, 51% of employees at any given time are considering a new job. Uh, Gallup's State of the Global Work force report states that 85% of employees are not engaged or they're disengaged at work. Training can help that, right? Number six, more promotion opportunities promote from within. It's harder and harder to recruit. So a training program will, number one, help you attract better candidates. Number two, if you have a training program, it'll give you the opportunity to promote people who already are familiar with your business. That is a good thing, okay? And again, there's a story about Walmart, how they had a shortage of managers for their expansion. They opened up Walmart Academy, and they're still doing it today. So, um, you know, they're successful. Therefore, you can be successful as well. Number seven, standardization of work processes. Training helps with that. Become a world-class organization. Just because you're small doesn't mean 
you cannot become world class. Think of Chick-fil-A, think of Costco, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Number eight, better quality, improved customer service and profits. Training helps with all of that. All right. Through training, team members come together to achieve a common goal, which is to satisfy the customer. This then leads to lower turnover, better quality of product or service, concern over managing expenses. That one is huge. Increased customer satisfaction, loyalty, increased sales, which leads to increased profits. All right. You got it. So I just gave you eight reasons to start a training and an onboarding program today. And we can help you. So we are Platinum Training Technologies. PlatinumTrainingTechnologies.com. Come check us out. And again, this was uh, volume one, episode number 10. This was Turnover Tsunamis Coming. Is your business prepared? Part two, changes in non-compete agreements are coming. Eight reasons to implement a training onboarding program today. Hey, I just gave you eight reasons. Uh, let's do it, okay? Uh, check it out. Hey, we do appreciate you stopping by. And you know, if you like this, please follow our channel, whether it's on YouTube or on one of the podcasts, whether it's a you know Apple or Spotify or iHeartRadio. Go to our website, go to our social, and there's tons of information I think you'll like. But anyway, uh, we will see you again next time. Thanks.